This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into detail about the topics discussed. So, if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items they talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. Oh yeah, I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you are listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue... Comic reviews and news from around the globe delivered in the trademark Major Spoilers style. A new start for an amazing Amazon. Miles Morales finds a new home. Thunder lizards are on the move. Thunder lizards are go. Steven studies a little ufology. I don't know what it is, but it sounds cool. Much, much more. It's like Mr. Universe says. Not the pork chop guy, but the other guy. Like Mr. Universe says, you can't stop the signal. And that proves that the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Hey everyone, welcome to issue 630. Wow, 630 episodes. Wow. Issues. Special presentation. It's, it's not 630, it's 7:35. All uh, all brought to you over these last, I don't know how many years it's been. We're all nearing Eight, our ninth. 17. We're, we're nearing our ninth. Zach uh, was born on the first episode. Probably. <laughs> it's 8 years of show. Um, I'm not sure if it's 8 years of show. It may be 7 years of show. Uh, well, I round up. So, I don't know. But that's okay, because we've got it coming to you, and it's coming to you, thanks to coming our advertisers, to thanks to everyone who roll. uses our Amazon affiliate link over at Majorspoilers.com, and also thanks to all of our uh, Major Spoilers VIPs who uh, contribute a small portion every month, and uh, keeps the light on, and keeps us uh, com- uh, our computers in the repair shop, and, and out mm. of the uh, hawk shop. Yeah. Well, I don't promise entirely out of the hawk shop, but... Well, what you do with your computer is, I suppose. Well, now you. that the child is a cyborg, theoretically. Yeah, you uh, hope she story. doesn't uh, land in the pawn shop. How much you give me for <laughs> this kid? She's part cyborg. How much for the women? You should just trade the rest of her in and get like a small wonder situation. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, that would be terrible. What was the girl that uh, touched her fingers together and stopped time and everything? The, that was out of, out of this world. Out of out this, of this world, world was the, yeah, the man. Of the show. I don't dad remember. Was Burt Reynolds. Was it Vanessa? No. I don't know. I don't remember the girl's name. All I remember is the yeah, theme the dad song was, was voiced the... by Burt Reynolds. Oh, because she, oh, because she was a, yeah, she would talk to she, her dad. Yeah, yeah. 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 Her, her dad was like a prism or. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, yeah talk for a prism. Yeah, a big flashy thing. A hexagon. You know yeah. that episode of Star Trek where they turned everybody on the crew into hexagons? They saved one, and it became Burt Reynolds. Grew a big old fuzzy mustache. Yep, exactly. Pose for Playgirl. Learned- hexagon <laughs> PI. Oh wait, no. I'm thinking of someone else. Learned what? Never mind. That's <laughs> the wrong guy. You're good. You know the. Um, this was before your time. Yeah, hey, yeah. how old were you in 1991, Rodrigo? Uh, would have been. Eight. Okay, cool. I was just about right. Why? How old did you think he was? Well, somebody had posted on a, a photo. Carl, you remember Carl posted yeah. a photo from college of he and I and some friends. And somebody was like, where's Rodrigo? And I'm like, I think he's six. 
because it was a picture from 1991. Yeah. And I just, it, it occurred to me to ask that right in the middle of a show that we're recording because there's no possible way that that would be in any way uh, divisive or throw us off track. Nope, Matthew, once again, <laughs> you threw us off track. Since we're here, well, I was thinking, like, if somebody did a reboot of the Major Spoilers podcast, we mm-hmm. probably all would be in college and all would be the same age, probably. which would be weird. Well, no, also, also, also really we'd all be like... Then, no, no, one person would have to be at least 24, so you could have that whole episode about turning 25, and the insurance rates would go down. Right. One or two yeah. of us would have to be under 21, so you could get the right. whole illegal drinking uh, thing going on. Get. Yeah. Either That's Rodrigo or I or actually ideally both would probably have to be women. No, I don't want to see a You don't think so? Very it would bearded, be a co-ed dorm. Very bearded female Rodrigo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if there's a feminized version of Rodrigo. I'm sure there is. Look on the internet. That's what the inter- I don't want to look on the internet. That's you what keep the telling me for, to look right? these things up on the internet, and I find terrible things. Well, that's because you don't know how to turn off your uh, safe search. I don't know how to turn on my safe search. <laughs> no, no, no. Problem. You don't know how to turn off the safe search so you can find all the good stuff. Right. Like Bearded Lady Rodrigo. <laughs> I don't want Bearded Lady Rodrigo. I'm, now I'm but curious. Yes. Yeah, now we we need like an attractive... Uh, a Rodrigo female to be part of this show because we're rebooting major spoilers from episode one. Well, where do you know? And scroll Brian <laughs> will have to speak French. I don't think any of these beards match your majesty, Rodrigo. Oh, oh how could they? Are you searching for bearded women? <laughs> bearded lady Rodrigo is the search term. What's wrong with you? You brought it up. You wanted to derail the show. I did not want to derail the show. I chose to derail the show, and that's different. No, it's the same thing. See, one is about desire. The other is about intent. Yes, and both of them are are bad. Uh, Uh, Is this bad or is this good? Dark Horse Comics moves over to Comixology. This was uh, released uh, yesterday from Comixology and Dark Horse Comics. Many people may remember that Dark Horse did not want to become part of Comixology and sell their single issues through uh, their service. Uh, for a lot of reasons, I think the main thing was they didn't want Comixology to take a cut sure. of that. And so they created their own app. And, and I'll be quite honest, I've got the app on my iPad, but uh, I don't think I've load, downloaded but four or five single issues from the Dark Horse app. Uh, now, uh, Dark Horse and Comixology have joined forces to bring Dark Horse collections, graphic novels and manga to uh, Comixology, but not single issues. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, that's a start. So is, is uh, Dark Horse still using their they own app for single issues? They okay. still have their own app for the single issues. Uh, I think oh. you can um, maybe even buy the single issues through your Kindle reader, I think. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, if you, wanna, if you want to read collections now, you can do it through Comixology. And of course, they released like 800 uh, trades yesterday. In conjunction with this, all the Hellboy stuff, all the Buffy stuff, um, Goon, I forget what else there was. And then there's a bunch of manga and um, like Lone Wolf and Cub uh, was released Mm -hmm. in that. So it's a pretty large list. And I think I don't know what Dark Horse is thinking by just doing their collections. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think personally, I think it's a move in the right direction. Now, if they can just, you know, say, hey, let's just move everything over there and uh, get some greater sales that way. I think it'd be great. I. I think it's a good thing. And, and, you know, the, the euphemism that 
I always use is when I started working in television as a control operator, I had a Betamax machine. I had a three quarter inch, uh, machine. I had a VHS and a super VHS and people would send me things on all four of those formats. Why would they send and eventually, it? Eventually, why would they send it in Betamax? That doesn't make sense. Now, Beta and Beta SP, beta I can machines. understand. Well, that's not Beta Max. That's different. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, beta SP. I misspoke myself. It was the 90s. Things were different then. But I had all four of these formats, and eventually they said, nope, we're not doing that mess anymore. It's Beta SP or nothing. Right. And it streamlined what we were doing, and it changed the amount of work we had to do behind the scenes. Because we had, if people sent us something on Super VHS, we literally had to put it on, on Beta SP. Right. But what it came down to was that the actual operation, the front end of things, was simpler. And I think this is going to be true for people who want to read Dark Horse comics, people who have a Comixology app, a Comixology account. It's going to be easier for them to have access to that material, which is going to not only drive them to, say, you know, Dark Horse, if you find out, I've read all the goon, but there's a goon individual issue that I can get on the Dark Horse app. I think it's a good thing for both sides of the equation. Yeah, I haven't uh, looked out. I haven't. I looked to see what titles were available yesterday, but I haven't looked mm-hmm. to see what's going on with the Comixology app on Android or on iOS. Uh, Comixology did update their app yesterday to make it more mm-hmm. streamlined and include some other things, but I haven't. I haven't checked it out. What are your thoughts on this whole Dark Horse thing, Rodrigo? I, I think. I mean, I think it's a good move. Um, if nothing else, it just puts their stuff on another platform where it's more accessible. I think the more places you can put stuff, the better mm-hmm. off you become. Yeah, I think, you know, for them as a company, you know, if there was, there was a moment in time where it wasn't a sure thing that Comixology would kind of become the central hub for digital comics. Right. So while all of these companies were developing their own readers or Mm -hmm. making deals with other um, kind of software providers, um, Comixology kind of solidified itself. So it makes sense that if uh, Dark Horse has like a commitment to their app, you know, that they're going to be reticent to just discard it. Well, especially if they've put all the time, effort and money into it. But I think want something that's going to pay off. Honestly, I think like it makes sense for them to have only put up the trades. Um, but I think we are going to in the not so distant future, we're going to hear an announcement that they're just going to be moving everything. I, I'm going to bet if it happens, it's not going to happen until next year. Sure. It, they're sure, not going sure. to it it be basically when it's clear, when it becomes clear that they're making enough money. Out of Comixology right. to offset mm-hmm. the cut that Comixology takes, which I'm pretty sure they will. I'm sure they will too. Um, they're I, gonna I, they're gonna start moving their their whole catalog. Yeah, I, I think it'll probably be within the next fiscal year or two. Um, I, I would have to look at the amount of time between uh, Mar or uh, Disney buying Lucasfilm and the Dark Horse contract running out from because at that time Dark Horse was like. Nope, don't worry. Your Star Wars comics are safe here at good old Dark Horse Comics. And then we're losing our Dark Horse franchise. So I think if you look at that 12-month, 13-month period, uh, I think that's what we're probably looking at here before it goes back to the single issues. Now, they may never, but I I also think that having those trades there are quite good because, again, for a casual reader, 
If you're not somebody that wants to drop four ninety nine or three ninety nine on a single issue, but hey, you can get you know the first volume of Hellboy for twenty bucks and it's got six issues in it, then that yep. might be a better you know. Hey, I'm just going to read this on the bus or the train or the plane or the automobile and um, <laughs> and um, just en- you know, enjoy it that way. Oh. Well, you know, there could be a lot of different ways. How it could be on a ski do or something like that. So yeah. your your uh, segue. Speaking of segues, hey, uh, you're welcome. So here's a something that threw a bunch of people into a fit. Uh, Marvel officially announces Spider-Man number one following uh, the end of Secret Wars, and it will feature Miles Morales as the lead Spider-Man in that Spider-Man book. Ooh. Now, a lot of people are upset about this because they think that it means that Peter Parker is going away and that uh, the Spider-Man that people have known for, you know, 60 years is going away. Right. It's not that. It's the only thing that's going away is the adjective on the front of the Spider-Man title. Right. He's not ultimate Spider-Man. He's not ultimate Spider-Man anymore. He's not the amazing Spider-Man, the spectacular Spider-Man, the spooky Spider-Man. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He's not your rambunctious Spider-Man. Your Miles Morales Spider-Man. He is your Miles Morales Spider-Man. He's just Spider-Man. With the end of the... I mean, but I don't know why people are so shocked about this, because we've known for a long time, Mm -hmm. for a long, long time that the uh, ultimate universe was coming to an end. Right. We've seen Peter Parker and Miles cross over into the respective universes. So why is it such a surprise then that Miles Morales would get his own Spider-Man comic book when we already have a Gwen Stacy spider? What is it? Spider-Woman, Gwen Stacy, Spider-Girl, Spider-Gwen. You have Spider-Gwen, you have Spider-Woman. You have Silk. You have Silk. So why would... So why would having... Miles Morales' Spider-Man in a, in a Spider-Man book be so controversial? Uh, I think... Well, oh, go ahead. Part of it is the way that they actually announced it. And to be... I, I don't necessarily like to play devil's advocate, but when you look at what Marvel actually said, they made sure to make this as coy as possible to imply that they are, in fact, replacing Peter with Miles Morales. The, the press release that we see and the way that the uh, Marvel releases are saying is he's going to be the Spider-Man. And we, well, I think it was, it, was it USA Today that did the piece on it? No, no. Um, there was like a, first a it, big it, to-do on television. Well, there may have been a big to-do on television or the paper or whatever, but they announced it at Heroes Con on one of the panels. And then Brian Michael Bendis uh, reported on it. And by then, USA Today may have already done the story. And then it was the next day on Monday that Marvel sent out the press release that said, uh, yeah, here's everything you need to know about Spider-Man number one, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by uh, Sarah Pacelli. Uh, both of those two have been doing Ultimate Spider-Man for, oh, I don't know, ever since the end of uh, whatever that big uh, thing was that caused me to stop reading <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man. I think it was the clone. Ultimatum? Saga. No, no, no. The one where the Doctor Doom killed, killed Ultimatum. the entire oh. Ultimatum. Yeah, yeah. The old tomato. Yeah. Yeah. So um, but here's the thing. Today, Marvel also announced, hey, after Secret Wars, there's a brand new Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange number one coming out this fall. Makes sense. Yeah, you know what they're doing? They're going to be announcing new number ones that are coming out over the course of the next couple of months after Secret Wars ends. Yeah. So if you didn't pick up your previews and you didn't look in it for this month, guess what next month is going to have? Amazing Spider-Man. I'm going to bet it's going to have the Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, what is what is Doc Ock Spider-Man? What was that called? Superior, Superior Spider-Man. Spider-Man. You know, I, I'm going to bet <laughs> all, that, Spider-Man. all that stuff is going to come back. And you just have Dorsal a single, Spider-Man. You just have a single Spider-Man. 
that has Miles Morales in it, and that's his book. And he's in the he's in the I don't even know what we call it post Secret Wars, but he's in the six one six universe, right? And it probably won't be six one six anymore. Uh, it probably will because Fans Marvel won't give it up. Marvel has tried to get rid of the six one six denomination for a long time, and the fans it's just super convenient. Yeah, yeah. But they're rebooting everything. If they give us a new number to identify that reboot, then we all have to play along. No, that doesn't have. That's I'm not how saying. it works. Earth Zero. You're the one. You're the one that doesn't recognize the first three uh, numbered uh, Star Wars films. It's because they're not the first three in the in the numerical order. They are in chronological order, as in first, second, third. They are not the first movies. They came out. They are called Star Wars Episode One, Episode Two, Episode Three. That's what I'm talking about. my cat could have See? kittens in the oven that wouldn't make them biscuits. You can call it episode one, but it is the fourth movie. Rodrigo. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. You guys fight it out. I don't even no. know where that came if, from. If I'm talking about Star Wars episode one, right. no one knows that I'm talking about the Phantom Menace. Right, but that's not the first movie. Episode one is episode one, and I will, I will grant you it is episode one. And that's what I've been saying all these years, Matthew. You're the no, one, you've been you're saying the one, it's the first movie. It's the first movie in, just, that, in that series. If you're looking at them in a numerical, I'm not saying chronologically. If you're looking at it numerically, episode one, two, three, four, five, and six, that is the order that the story is told. I'm not saying that that's the order that they were released. I know that, Matthew. You dork. I miss hey. Zach. <laughs> so, why are so many people upset then about this Miles Morales thing? I think it's part right. of it is uh, the legacy issue, right? It's like they are concerned that Spider-Man is going to become not the Spider-Man that they like. This is, you know, the stuff that you run into uh, on DC's side constantly, right? Anytime oh, yeah, a yeah. new Flash title is announced, they're like, well, which Flash? Mm-hmm. And regardless of which Flash they say, there's going to be some people who don't like it. Right. So this is, you know, there's people who have never picked up an issue of Ultimate Spider-Man. And now they're being told that the Spider-Man title, the mainstream Spider-Man title, is going to suddenly be about someone else. And which, you know, people don't always react well to. This has actually happened before with Spider-Man, and they still didn't like it, even when that guy was an identical clone of the previous guy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we also run into this also runs into this news today that uh, Spider-Man has been cast for the uh, Sony Marvel movies. Somebody we've never heard of before. Tom Holland. Maybe you've heard of him before. If you've uh, seen the one or two movies that he's in, he's got a couple more movies coming out. What's he been in? Nothing that you would know. Oh, oh, he was in the impossible uh, Wolf Hall. And then, um, in the heart of the sea, the new, uh, what is that? Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks movie that's coming up. Mm. He's like the little 12 year old English child. Yes. I don't know how old he is. He was born in 96. So you can do the math there. Oh, So he's a 19 year old English child. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So yep. I have seen him in something. Well, unless you've seen those movies that I just rattled off, probably you may not have. But people are upset about this. People are like, well, Peter Parker's like 35. 
Look. Oh, seriously? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Among many other, many, many, many other things. Uh, but this kid is going to be Spider-Man for like the next 10 movies, right? <laughs> He's going to be in 10 yeah. movies, whether they be standalone Spider-Man movies, whether it be Civil War, whether it be uh, an Avengers movie or whatever it is. He's going to ha- end up with a 10 picture movie deal. Yeah. Unlike Andrew Garfield, who is what? 35. Um, so they need this kid to stick around and they need him to continue to look young. Yeah. So I'm OK with that. Is well, there a problem with that? No. In fact, that's great. Spider-Man is a high school kid. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this yeah. before. We talked about yeah. this a long time ago. It's like, what age do you picture a superhero being in kind of like their prototypical incarnation? Mm-hmm. And I think Spider-Man works best as a teenager. I think so, too. Especially yeah. especially in light of we don't know what they're doing with the Civil War right, thing. Right. But if you right. saw a young kid flying around like Miles Morales or like Peter Parker in the Ultimate Universe, uh, there was a real concern among Tony Stark and others about what is this kid? Uh, Nick Fury was the biggest one. Once it, once he found out who uh, Spider-Man was, he had a fit basically going, there's no way a kid should be doing these kinds of things. Yeah. And, uh, and they, so that created all sorts of controversy. In the Ultimate Universe, they did the whole black cat romance. Yeah. And when she unmasked him, she threw up because she realized she'd been macking on a 16-year-old kid. So, you know, I, I'm fine with a 16, 17-year-old Spider-Man. It's, it's about time that the male characters get cast way too young as well. You know, because when Adam Sandler has 19-year-old ingenues as his love interest, I'm like, come on, give him something. We need one 19-year-old man and Spider-Man can be it. What was it like? I remember seeing a poster. I want to say it was for Drive Angry. It was a Nicolas oh, yeah. Cage mm-hmm. movie, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so weird. I was like, that's cool. It's like a movie about this guy and his daughter. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, no, that's a love interest, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Somebody put up a graph recently. I forget which site it was. Um, but they were comparing, you know, the age of the actor to the love interest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. so it shows a graph of like, here's Emma Stone. Here's, uh, especially in this most recent movie, Aloha, uh-huh. where she's right. supposed, where she's supposed to be playing somebody who's 22 or something like that. Right. 23. Right. She's in the air force. So she's gotta be a little bit, maybe a little bit older than that. I forget what her age was in the movie, but her actual age compared to, um, uh, McDreamy's 42 or 44 year old oh, age. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, it was quite a huge, like sure, a 20 year gap sure. in that. So it was fascinating. She's it was a fascinating graph to read. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I happen to love her. So I know how old she is at, at all times. Yes. It's 26. Yeah. Still 26. 26, 26, 26, three days, four hours, 17, say 18 seconds, 19 <laughs> yeah. seconds, 20 seconds. Uh-huh. Excuse me. I'll be back later. Ask me how old Ashley Williams is. I'd rather not. I would not either. 35 days, 10 you're months, making, 11 years. You're already making this weird. Oh, shut up. So what do you guys think of this uh, casting of the Spider-Mans? Uh, I've never seen anything this I know, I've uh, actor has been on, so I couldn't tell you. He posted on his Vine him doing some backflips off of his porch. Well, He can do backflips. Yep, that's probably already more than Tobey Maguire could do <laughs> when he got cast as Spider-Man. Probably. There was he a, can make uh, you cry, like in, in Pleasantville. Out of these... Uh, I was intense. Out of these uh, Sony leaks... Sony Pictures uh, emails that were released. Mm -hmm. Mandatory Spider-Man character traits. Whether Peter Parker or an alternative Spider-Man character must always strictly conform to the following mandatory character traits. Must be male. Does not torture. 
Does not kill unless in defense or self of others. Defense of self or others. Okay. Does not use foul language beyond PG-13. What's, okay. What's PG-13 language? But uh, man. Damn it. Flippin', does that count as PG-13? Yes. Yeah. But freaking, uh, dang it. <laughs> I think you can get away with a hell on PG-13. Poop. Poop. <laughs> poop direction. Does not smoke tobacco. Does not okay. smoke tobacco. Uh-huh. So it doesn't say anything I'm about vaping. I'm on board vaping. with all of these. these doesn't it doesn't say anything about vaping. Isn't vaping tobacco? No. I guess it's yeah. not smoking. It's caffeine. It's uh, it's the nicotine is all. Oh, but it's not a tobacco It's not product. a tobacco it's product. Still, I see. It's, it's water vapor. Water vapor. Uh, does not no, does not sell distribute illegal drugs. Makes sense. Does not abuse That's, alcohol. Doesn't say he okay. can't drink alcohol. Good. Well, if he's 16, he better not. Here's the interesting thing. Does not have sex before the age of 16. Mm-hmm. Does not have sex with anyone below the age of 16. Also makes sense. Uh, Good rules. Not a homosexual. Eh, Unless no. Marvel has portrayed that alter ego as a homosexual. Right, That's no, good mm-hmm. that they give themselves that out. Which yeah. is, I think, interesting because I, I like the part in the parentheses where it says whether Peter Parker or an alternative Spider-Man character, which mm-hmm. still, you know, leaves open the door for somebody else like Miles Morales to play right. a Spider-Man in the future at some point. And, Not this and, time. And it would and it would have to be if you want to see a Spider-Man of color because the rules for playing Peter Parker specifically <laughs> says that he has to be white. Peter Parker character traits. Depictions of Peter Parker or his Spider-Man alter ego must conform to the following character traits. His full name is Peter Benjamin Parker. He is Caucasian okay. and heterosexual. His hmm. parents become absent from his life during his childhood. Doesn't say they're killed, just says they become absent. Hmm. Uh, from the time his parents become absent, he is raised by Aunt May and Uncle Ben in New York City. He gains his powers while attending either middle school or college. He gains his powers from being bitten by a spider. He designs nice. his first red and blue costume. The black costume is a symbiote and is not designed by him. He is oh, my raised, God. He is raised. They're in a, mandating his origins. man. He is raised in a middle class household in Queens, New York. He attends or attended high school in Queens, New York, and he attends or attended college in New York City, New York. So wow. uh, no, no homosexual person of color. Spider-Man. Correct. At least somebody who is, well, certainly no homosexual Spider-Man, certainly no person of color, Peter Parker. Correct. I, I, I think if Aside somebody... Aside from those two, though, I mean, this given, given the liberties that are often taken in sure, adaptations... Sure. Aside from those two, which admittedly do great, but they seem to have at least a rationale behind other than just, yeah, we don't stupid white people. But I, I mean, a lot of that seems like it's trying really hard to maintain, you know, Marvel's original Spider-Man type character. Yeah, you can and, you can see that. Uh, Marvel is very protective of this oh, yeah, intellectual yeah, yeah. property. Yeah. Well, I mean, right? here's and, the thing, and it's uh, and I think it comes from a time when Marvel wasn't making its own movies, right? right. So and they had to have these like very strict and very specific things because they didn't have control of yeah. it. My guess is um, the sheet on the Hulk slash Bruce Banner is not anywhere near as. Uh, well, the question is, who owns that right now? Sure. That's what's 
I think, causing a holdup of a standalone Hulk film, another standalone Hulk film. Right. Um, but from Marvel's, here's the thing. I bet that this and, and what we're seeing, and this is a leak, and I haven't looked at the entire original document because there are some asterisks next to does not torture, does not uh, uh, kill, uh, does not smoke tobacco, does not use illegal drugs, does not abuse alcohol. There's all these asterisks by that. And I yeah, don't see I anywhere in this, in all this of the, article. The asterisks are like, unless this is like a clone Right. Or the symbiote right. is making him do it. Right. Um, well, yeah, that's Unless true. Unless it makes for a story. Because it's like the, thing. The, the symbiote transforms into a leather jacket when he's not it wearing it. And dance. he like sits, <laughs> sits it doesn't say stands outside of the school smoking. Peter Parker should not dance. It doesn't say anything about that. Nope. Um, but no here's the thing. I'm sure stuff. Marvel is sitting there going, look, we have the opportunity to introduce this Miles Morales character into our cinematic universe and it would be awesome and it would make a lot of people happy and it would give representation to superhero and a superhero representation to people who do not typically get representation in movies this would be a good thing i think on the flip side sony's like no 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 no. you forget we've made over 50 billion dollars off of our spider-man and because we're sony we don't budge or if we do budge it's like steering a giant tanker ship it takes us a long time you, to come around. You really, you really think that Marvel, the studio that hasn't yet made yeah, a no. female superhero movie, and hasn't yet I think, made I think a person of color movie? I think internally like, they are saying we have this opportunity to do this, but the other side is like, oh no, 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 we're I, not messing up our money maker. I think, I think this is more of a situation where uh, someone at Marvel was like, should we use Miles for this? And somebody just held up this sheet of paper that had that information. They were like, oh yeah, and like there was no fighting over it. <laughs> yep. I, I, th- I think that there are, especially under the Spider-Man side, options to have a Miles Morales character. Sure. The question, though, is what do you do with a Peter Parker, right? I mean, is Peter Parker... You kill him, obviously. That's what happened in the... uh, Yeah, or you make him a, um, you know, you make him old old, uh, Bruce Wayne. Right. Giving Terry a chance. Well, and here's the thing. Chris Evans ain't going to live forever. Tom Holland ain't going to live forever. There's going to come a point where they have to deal with either a new character or a recasting. And I think that as, as... egregious as it is saying no peter parker has to remain caucasian i think that there is a possibility for it my main worry is that since they have planned their black panther movie since they have planned their captain marvel movie that the thought process is everything else will just stay the course we'll keep doing what we're doing because we made a movie with a person of color we made a movie with a woman now we can go back and we can get all of the white guys named chris in hollywood and they can make up the core of the marvel universe I don't know. Maybe that's cynical. Um, I'd say it's both cynical and accurate. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got those stories over at Majorspoilers.com. You can go check those out. I would appreciate it. Um, let's see. What else do we have tonight? Oh, we have some yes, reviews. Yep. We got reviews. Oh, before we get into reviews. Yes. I was on a thing. You were on a thing. Yeah. Was it alcohol, tobacco, firearms? <laughs> I've long wondered what Rodrigo is on. <laughs> something that is uh, illegal for those above the age of 16. Actually, is it, is it the thing that made you dream up the candle heads? Did uh, you learn it by watching Steven? No, actually, um, I do not deal with the uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms uh, 
very often, usually who I'm dealing with mostly is the FDA and the USDA. Mm. Seriously, like for they, my job. They probably have you on a no-fly list, though. Well, yeah. the F the FDA can get you some pretty good stuff. In I'm any sure case. <laughs> um, this stuff is grade A prime. Yes. I will, yes. They can get you some good stuff. It's just like a slab of meat. In any case. <laughs> and some eggs. Yep. These are organic. Don't tell anybody. Like jumbo. <laughs> These are the extra, extra large ones. We don't sell them to the Dillons. No, yep. no. Uh, what is it? Uh, modified growth hormones. Yes. All of that stuff. LMGA. <laughs> no, no MCAE or no. Uh, MSGs. Uh, anyway. Yeah, you no MC saying. hammers. Yes. <laughs> um, no E equals MC square. <laughs> <laughs> so I was on a thing. I was on a podcast uh, called the Sci-Fi Geeks Club. Yeah. Uh, cool. So if you go to uh, gncasts.com, you should uh, be able to find it. It's episode number 61. All right. And that's out now? That is out now. Okay. They don't. Uh, so we can't listen to it during this podcast and give our feedback? It's, I suppose you could. <laughs> I don't want to take us it's, further off track. Steven's already given me the face. Yep. Oh, I've given you more than the face. I know. Uh, so good. Okay, so you can go check that out. That's at gncast.com. Uh, uh, I said we were going to have a new podcast in the Major Spoilers Podcast Network, but I had a hard drive failure this week. So um, I was not able, I spent too much time dealing with that and not enough time uh, replying back to an email. But I'm thinking somewhere around July 1st, we'll have a new show um, featured in the, in the Major Spoilers Podcast Network Master Feed. That's where you're going to have to be able to grab it. So if you want that, if you want access to the Want List Audio Edition, if you want access to the Wayne's Comics Podcast, uh, even though you can go and find a Geek History Lesson on its own feed, if you want to get all of that in a single feed, you want to subscribe to the, um, the Major Spoilers Podcast Network Master Feed. That's what you need to look for in iTunes or your Stitcher or soon, I'm going to guess, on your um, uh, what's, the, what's the Spotify uh, or mm-hmm. if you're on Roku, if you're one of the uh, over 4,000 people who, who in the last couple of weeks have uh, subscribed to our show on Roku. Hello, everybody. Hey. Hello. Okay, so go check that out. We appreciate that. But uh, more announcements coming soon as we uh, kick into year 10. Ooh, that's coming up. Yeah. 10 years, ladies and gentlemen. I haven't done anything for 10 years. Well, that's uh, not true. I have an 11 year old, but that's not the point. Let us talk about some reviews, some comics that we have been reading. Rodrigo, why don't you kick us off this week with some more tales of, uh, what are we in? The Mesozoic, Paleotoic, Jurassic. <laughs> the jackass period. Um, I, I'm actually, I'm not sure. This might be some Triassic stuff. Okay. I'm not, I don't remember. What um, dinosaurs? <laughs> the geriatric period. It's the, um, <laughs> I mean, it's a Spinosaurus. Dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I'm going to check the internet and see where they okay. come from. Do that. So the Alvian to Synomian stages of the Cretaceous period. Uh, this is Cretaceous. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yes. Age of reptiles colon ancient Egyptians. Number two, um, is the story of some dinosaurs that are like, rah, rah, or at least you assume they're like, rah, 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 cause there's no text in yeah. the, <laughs> is there a song is there a soundtrack no it's, nah, it'd be more like 
Now, this, one's, this one's much more old school. Ooh, we need to see if there is a version of Jurassic Park sung by chickens. Sung by chickens? Like, yeah. On the Muppets? Or just, you know, like real chickens. You know how people will, will uh, mix in? You, you talk about your comic. I'm going to look for some... some uh, <laughs> Because I've been trying to talk about my comic. Yeah, go ahead. All right, thanks. Um, <laughs> anyway, so um, there's some dinosaurs in this, and they spend a lot of time trying to eat each other. Um, there is some uh, dinosaur loving in it, because, you know, the Spinosaurus is looking for stuff to eat. And then he finds a lady Spinosaurus and is like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hello, Mrs. Spinosaurus. Yes, but then... But then things take a uh, scary turn at Uh-oh. the end of the issue. Tyrannosaurus show up? Nope. No. Um, Amosaurus? Also no. The Rogethosaurus Rex? No. Um, so... Uh, you know, the art is really great. Uh, I'm a big fan of all of the uh, Age of Reptiles comics. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's hard, you, <laughs> like, you're not going to get some huge plot twist on right. Age of Dinosaurs. Right, it's pretty straightforward, Age of Reptiles. Right? Right. It kind of has to be because, you know, the characters don't talk. Right. So it's pretty difficult. Also, you kind of get into the issue that, um, although... Um, Ricardo Delgado does a great job giving them expressions. There's only so much he can do right. since they, yeah, they have no they're, real, yeah, they're giant, yeah. yeah, they have like giant snouts and stuff that you have to deal with, right? yeah, yeah. So, so no giant like heart appears above, right, right, not like, not like his eyes don't bug out and his tongue not like hangs out, stream of tears <laughs> coming down his eyes, like. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't fall asleep and have a bubble come out of his nose right, like right. he's snoring. Right. There's no like tiny chibi version of it. Chibi version. <laughs> so no, none of that happens. Um, <laughs> but it should. Probably not in this book. No. But you know, like uh, again, it's like it's really cool. It's really interesting to look at. It's really fun to read, but it's very hard to maintain this through line. Unless you're very, very familiar with the dinosaurs that you're looking at. Right, right. Because it's like, like, here are some, like, small kind of raptor-like carnivores. And then later we're introduced to some larger raptor-like carnivores. Um, And it's like, they're kind of two different things. And if you are like, well, is this just a yellow one Mm -hmm. of those guys? Or is that the same thing or what? It can be kind of difficult. So there's furthermore, no you're kind of distinguishing marks or anything. No, there are, okay. there are, and if you look closely, you're like, okay, so these guys all, are all yellow and blue, mm-hmm. and they walk mostly on two legs, except when they don't, um, and they've got kind of like little feather quills and stuff. And then there's these guys who look very similar, but they walk on four legs, and they're a little smaller and stuff. But in the process of running through a herd of sauropods and trying to eat all the babies it's hard to tell sometimes what is what um there's just uh you know it's just kind of an issue when all of your characters are carnivorous lizard monsters yeah yeah. and they don't talk and they don't 
mm-hmm. you know, you're they don't have names or anything. Right. Um, in previous um, Age of Reptile stuff, there was sometimes kind of like a glossary in the back yeah. where it was either had like the species or it had like a name for a character. Mm-hmm. I think it was like they did that in the first one or whatever. One yeah, in the very first one in yeah. the trade at the back, it had a name for all of the characters. But that's the thing is like if you read through the book and then you got to it, it's like, well, this would have been helpful at the <laughs> beginning the first of the book. Page, yeah. Not the last page. Exactly. But I think I think that's kind of what uh, Delgado's going for to a certain degree is like he doesn't want to give them names. He wants you right. to kind of try to find it. But it can be difficult. I'm not going to say it isn't. Um, I'm still going to give this four out of five slices of meatloaf. It's really strong. Um, it's the sort of thing where you do kind of have to go back and see, be like, have we seen this dinosaur before? And if so, is he like writing a story out for these guys too? Or are they just kind of like reappearing antagonists? Like as far as I can tell, the only character that... Uh, we are following right now as a Spinosaurus. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, could not find any chickens covering uh, the Jurassic Park theme song. I did find goats, however. Goats. Goats. It's called Man. Jurassic Jurassic Goat. You can go find that on uh, YouTube and let them deal with wow. the uh, potential copyright violation. Yeah. Uh, so let's go from um, dinosaurs to space aliens. This week, I took a look at uh, Ufology number three from uh, Boom Studios. Uh, we've uh, looked at this one before. This is a six issue miniseries. And unfortunately, I think this is a pretty typical third issue. And I know people are like, well, what do you mean? It's a pretty typical third issue, uh, meaning that there's a lot of standing around talking kind of mm-hmm. moments. There are not a bunch of huge reveals. And it just feels like a moment where we're trying to push on to uh, the plot turn at the end of this book is kind of what it feels like. Now that's not saying that this isn't an interesting story because we're learning a little bit about the backstory of how Malcolm's father and other people in the community wound up in this uh, place in Alaska, how they're covering UFOs, how they're tracking UFO activity and uh, trying to find this greater conspiracy theory. Um, We also find out, Maybe not a whole lot about this thing that came out of the uh, test tube a couple of issues ago and is uh, hunting down our uh, lead character. Uh, And um, we really she gets no further development in this book uh, in this issue. Um, But we find out that this guy has the ability to melt people's faces off. Ah, Ah. scary. And there's something with uh, some crazy uh, LSD induced uh, characters coming to life at the end of the book. But uh, I'm not quite sure what that's all about yet. Art is good. Story is fine. But like I said, it feels like the middle part of a book that just needs something to do for these next 30 pages or whatever uh, so that we can get to the next part. That's that's my only it's not like there was any major huge reveals on this. So it was a fine book. It's good. Um, If you're going to get the whole series, you might as well get this because there is a little bit of knowledge dropped on you about Malcolm's dad. Um, But uh, I'm going to say this is about a three, three and a half slices of meatloaf out of five. That is a ufology number three out this week from Boom Studios. Yeah, it's uh, written by James Tinney and the Fourth and Noah Yunkel uh, with art by Matthew Fox. The art is really very, very distinct. Uh, If you saw his art, it would stand out among all the other uh, Kurt Swan wannabes. So, yeah. So there you go. That is ufology number three. Matthew, what do you have for us this week? I, too, have a story about a dinosaur. 
that dinosaur being one of the original heroes of the Golden Age, the Amazon known as Wonder Woman. And I say that with love and affection because, you know, comic books are awesome. Wonder Woman number 41 from DC Comics. Now, when they relaunched with the new 52 in 2011, Wonder Woman is very different from what we've known. Considerably younger, first of all, more impulsive, more human and less kind of oh kind of thing. And about six issues ago, with issue 36, a new writing team and art team took over. And I have to tell you the truth, that is when I dropped this book. I had been reading the Brian Azzarello Wonder Woman from the beginning. I thought it was really good. It took the character back to mythological roots, and it did stuff that we had never seen, even in the mythological type stuff. So, number 41, coming out of the Convergence, is supposed to be a big new launching point for Wonder Woman, just like Superman and Batman and everybody got coming into this new DCU, notably with the new costume. This issue picks up where the annual left off with Donna Troy. You guys need to go, <gasps> Donna Troy, who oh, that's pre-crisis wrong was, way. of course, Wonder Woman. Yeah, yes. you got to inhale, okay. not exhale. Yeah, Donna Troy in jail for trying to take Wonder Woman's place as the queen of the Amazons and beat her to death. This is obviously a new, different uh, kind of psychotic, murderous Donna Troy. Um, but during this issue, we find that Wonder Woman and Donna kind of have a thing going on. Donna is actually made of clay, oh, as really? Wonder Woman thought she used to be. Now, pre... <sighs> Post-crisis, pre-Flashpoint, Donna Troy was actually a clone of Wonder Woman who was made of clay. That's all I'm going to say about that. The one thing that I will say about the writing in this issue, especially the conversation between Donna and Diana, there are a lot of cliches. A lot of cliches in the dialogue. At one point, Donna looks up and says, I'm not really in the mood and there are a lot of moments where the dialogue falls really, really flat with bad TV writing. Stuff that you'd hear in an episode of Two Girls, Two Broke Girls, or whatever that show is. But the art is handled by David Finch. Full disclosure, I hate David Finch's art. But <laughs> this issue... <laughs> and this, this is, again, the so, thing... So no I feel bias like, going into this at all. <laughs> no, and that's the thing. I feel like I, I, I don't want to be biased guy... This is the David Finch art that I have liked the best of art by David Finch, but it maintains the weaknesses of David Finch art in that Wonder Woman's waist and neck are roughly the same diameter in the pictures. Somehow her new costume for the New 52 has picked up a weird blue hip band for no reason. Not sure what that's about. There's some sequences with a baby that are absolutely adorable, but the size of the baby, with reference to the grown-ups in the picture, changes five times in three pages. Mm -hmm. The baby is different sizes from panel to panel. This is problematic for me as a reader. But, as I say, probably the best art that I've seen out of David Finch, and about halfway through this issue, we are introduced to Wonder Woman's new costume, which is almost kind of battle armor. Full disclosure... I really hate Wonder Woman's new costume. <laughs> it's over-designed, and it, it, the new 52 like costume a, has a... What if she got, like, a Psylocke thing going on with I those know. blades? 
The new 52 costume has lots of little lines and textures and things, you know, what you get out of a, a modern superhero costume. And this is even more overworked than that. I like bits and pieces of it. I like the element of a thigh-high version of her traditional boot with the arrow. But I don't like the fact that it has a weird pointy kind of battle skirt that doesn't look like it works in either way of a skirt. But again, it's an interesting new look for her. And this issue kind of posits a new life for Wonder Woman. And at the end, we get a tease of a new villain. Now, there is nothing in the issue that will tell you this, but that villain seems to be a new version of Nikos Aegeus from 1982. First appeared in like Wonder Woman 297, 298, something like that. And he has Pegasus, not a Pegasus, but the Pegasus. Hmm. And he has a magical bow, which I think someone stole from Diana, the goddess, not Diana, the Wonder Woman. So it's interesting that they're taking, again, these bits and pieces of uh, actual mythology and trying to put them together into a superhero story. I actually, to get it together with this, I picked up all the issues of Wonder Woman since I stopped reading the book. So I read today the last six issues of Wonder Woman. And all in all, they're kind of bland. This issue is two and a half slices of meatloaf. It's not an issue that I look at it and I go, here is a terrible flaw that wrecks everything. There's just sort of a general sense of, oh, I don't know. The, the, the dialogue problem is probably the biggest issue for me. I can get past an artist I don't like if the story is really, really compelling. And if you love the work of David Finch, this is, I mean, this is David Finch doing David Finch. And as I say, it's good David Finch. But all in all, it's not really a book that I feel bad for having dropped six months ago. And I, I want to say that this can be a big new giant start for Wonder Woman, but it's going to depend on what comes out of these last pages and whether they can get past uh, the meandering bits of the plot and the problems that we have with the dialogue and actually put something together that makes her really heroic and Wonder Woman-y again. So. I'm trying to figure out what I don't like about this costume. It's almost it's, like it's too much. It is too much. It's almost it's, like putting uh, um, like having a really classic Duesenberg and putting mm-hmm. flames on it. Yeah, flames and a, and a spoiler. The thing about the new Wonder Woman relaunch costume from 2011, it's not to me as good as the original Wonder Woman costume, but it streamlines and it kind of simplifies those issues. It takes away the five color scheme and gives us a solid red, black, gold or white, you know, the white, not gold, excuse me, yeah, silver. silver, yeah, silver, white. But this costume is red and black and white and gold and silver and blue. And it's got spikes and shoulder pads and big armored things yeah, with blades like, that come out of the arms. I don't know. I, you know, when you're talking about the texture, like the leather texture on the uh, on the, the main Plus torso the a- part, that's yeah. kind of in line with what we're seeing in the uh, Wonder Woman uh, movie. But mm-hmm. I'm not sure why you would have a star right at your rib cage, which is a big mm-hmm. target for insert bladed exactly. knife here so I can't scream and die instantly kind of attack. Um, uh, I, so I don't I, understand why I, the stars are there. I can understand the stars on the uh, the shoulder pads. The shoulder but, and I can understand a little hips, bit about like, the I can even understand a little bit about the shoulder pads, but the, even the shoulder pads seem to be overdone. <laughs> 
you know? Yeah, they're overdone and over-rendered. There's a ton of different textures. And one of the things that you why look can't Wonder at in this costume. Why, why can't Wonder Woman just wear, like, regular boots? Yeah. Why she have to wear the thigh-high boots? I don't mind a more covered Wonder Woman. I think that if we took the, the, the look that she had when they were trying to relaunch in the yeah, two, yeah, yeah. two when she had pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked that. Mm-hmm. I don't mind Wonder Woman having a black bodysuit under a traditional. No, I think that's fine too. In a costume yeah. that works well, but this is a black bodysuit covered with her traditional red kind of bustier top, covered with armor, covered with skirt, covered with just. There's so many layers of the costume, and I, I I hate to harp on this, but from page to page, those details don't remain a hundred percent the same. There are some issues with the costume seemingly changing or the, the level of texture or which texture is on top, even in the three or four pages that we see in this issue of the uniform. But again, that's my complaint about David Finch, and I don't want to beat up on an artist because, again, you know, it's a comic. Two and a half slices you, of meatloaf. Do you have some thoughts <laughs> on this costume? Um, if it were me, I would go, I would, I would lose the skirt portion. Mm. I would lose those pop-out side blades. And then if, if you had to have boots that have to be higher than a normal mid calf boot, I would just go up to just just a, below the knee. Mm-hmm. And if you need to give her some kind of a, a knee padding kind of thing. But yeah. I, I think the thigh highs with the stripes and everything are not necessary. The skirt is not necessary. The star on yeah. the side of the costume is not necessary. One of those shoulder pads <laughs> is not necessary and the gauntlet things are not ne- you know the uh, blades that pop out of the gauntlets are not necessary take those out and i think you would actually have a more streamlined wonder woman costume rodrigo now those the stars on the bustier sides are there in the other design they're red on red mm, okay but yeah i'm sorry rodrigo go ahead no that's fine um i i'm not i'm not crazy about it i think there is a lot going on um i would say Honestly, probably the problem that I have with this is that if they're going to give her armor, then just give her armor. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to have her in a bathing suit, then just give her a bathing suit and knee-high boots like she's had, right? The The issue is this like weird combination of like, this still needs to look like a superhero costume, but we need to like incorporate these warrior elements into it. I'm like, I don't know. I, I think that like a like breastplate and a war skirt would go a long way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, uh, we've, and we've seen that before too, sure, right? I mean, sure. we've seen it in kingdom come. We've seen it yeah. in, uh, we've seen it in new frontier. Uh, we've seen it in we a saw lot it of places. In the Gale Simone run. Yeah, exactly. 600. Yeah, exactly. Where did, where did these uh, pirate boot things come about as a superhero costume element? Do you know, Matthew? Those hip boot things? Or <laughs> yeah, her original? Yeah. No, these hip boot things. Uh, the hip boot things, I want to say, started showing up in the 70s when hip boots were actually a huge thing. Or rather, in the 70s when hip boots were stopped being stopping being a real thing in the real world, but started making their way into comics along with the 60s miniskirts. But you see that a lot. Rose from uh, the Rose and Thone series yeah, yeah. in the 70s had them. Yeah. Wonder Woman had them herself when she was the powerless mod Wonder Woman in 71. It just seems It just seems like something like that is... Impractical. Odd, yeah, impractical because if you're doing that much bending and flexing, and I don't know how these real boots work in the real world, but mm. if they are made of leather, they're going to stretch over time. And I would imagine that they keep, would start to slide a lot in the real world. Maybe See, not. I, 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 don't I just don't think they're practical. 
so terribly because the intent with the boots is clearly to maintain that red arrow stripe that identifies a Wonder Woman boot. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, I agree with you. I th- I'd like them shorter. I'd like them to c- pop up above the knee to where they're like more of a, do they call them Corsair boot maybe? But yeah, that's the yeah, no. boot. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can deal with that. It's just, have you ever tried to sit down while wearing a pointy battle skirt? Uh, not since Thursday. <laughs> so there were complaints when Wonder Woman relaunched in 2011 that she was wearing that pointy W choker. Yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. every time she moves, she could slit her throat. Yeah, yeah. This is that on ephemeral artery scale, where any move she makes that is not standing upright with a sword in her hand in this armor in this costume looks like it should be painful. I, I, I just, I don't know. Maybe this episode should have been called. Uh, you know, all the same tropes again, because we see these <laughs> impractical costume elements that really are not practical that you could be taken away. We're arguing whether, you know, Spider-Man has to be white or black. And, right. and I guess when it comes to this week's major spoilers poll of the week, we ask this question of why do superheroes, when they meet for the first time, doesn't matter who they are, have to mm-hmm. punch each other in the face? I mean, I can understand villains. I can understand reading Secret Six and... <laughs> You know, Catman and um, uh, whoever, one of these other <laughs> Scandal uh, Savage, Scandal Savage, Queen Killer Shark. They punch each other in the face the first time that they get into an argument because we don't have as much control as a hero would. But a hero, you would think, would get to the point. It's like, OK, we're going to argue, but we need to go fight the bad guy. But instead, we end up with an issue of punchy punchy before they finally go. What are we doing? We're punching the wrong person. Let's go punch that guy over there. And then Lex Luthor <laughs> winds up in in uh, in jail. Attraction. So the uh, <laughs> question that I have this week on the major spoilers poll of the week is, should we do away with that trope? Should superheroes just continue to fight each other over stupid misunderstandings or should they know better and move on? Rodrigo, uh, that's that's a, it's a really interesting question because superheroes by their very nature are people who solve their problems through violence. Yes, they do. So to say that should we do away with superheroes fighting each other? I don't think we should. I think we've gotten into a really unfortunate place where um when it's like kids are very concerned with who would win in a fight. Right, right. right. And the kids that are now writing comics back in the day didn't really get that satisfaction, right? Yes, superheroes would meet, would first meet each other and they would punch each other, but they would very quickly be like, oh, wait a minute, I know who you are. Yeah, yeah. You are the Bat-Dash man. Right. Um, let's not fight. So those guys kind of grew up with this thing where like they never got to see that play out the way they wanted. There mm-hmm. was never a definitive thing. Mm-hmm. So they went on to write that definitive thing. That's why now unequivocally Batman beats Superman. And that's why if a Batman shows up and there's a Superman around, he's going to beat the crap out of that guy. And that's why the flash is Barry Allen and uh, green lantern is Hal Jordan. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, these guys kind of got into this thing where, um, they wanted to see that play out. They wanted to see that done. So that's unlikely to go away. But it and it's tiring because it happens so much. I think there are smart ways of doing it. I think there are clever ways of doing it. Uh, there's a reason why um you see uh people fighting or why um within 
these stories and within superhero stories, there's always alternate reality versions. Yeah, there's yeah. always clones and there's always mind control. And that's so that you can see situations that you want to see play out without causing lasting damage to the relationships of the characters or to the characters themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can make a clone Superman who then fights Wonder Woman without Superman and Wonder Woman fighting, or you can mind control one of them or whatever. Right. right. You can do all that stuff so that that can happen. And the first meeting is one of those tropes. And people are like, it's it's one of those things that allows you to have characters fight. So my vote is, no, it shouldn't be done away with with the asterisk that it should be used much more sparingly than it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Matthew, what about you? Uh, I live by the adage that tropes are not bad. Some of the best comic books ever written are big, dumb punch-em-ups. And some of the best comics ever written contain the, oh, no, Green Lantern met this guy, and it turns out he's not really a bad guy. Or, you know, Jay Garrick and and Barry Allen meet for the first time, and actually they didn't fight. They shook hands and went, hey, how's it going? So that's a bad example. But, no, I don't think that we should do away with it. I think that Rodrigo is 100% on topic when we note that for the last 10 possibly 15 years every single one of the major events has been hero fighting hero infinite crisis was superboy fighting superman civil war was iron man and his friends fighting captain america and his friends all of these things are about hulk is everybody against the hulk Right. The heroes are fighting each other. The breakdown of the Illuminati is five different types of heroes fighting each other. The X-Men fought the Avengers. The Avengers then fought the X-Men back. Everybody is fighting everybody. Superman, Batman started with a big arc where Superman and Batman fought everybody else. Not to mention that for the past, I don't know, 10 years, most X-Men comics have been the X-Men fighting fighting within themselves. Yeah, Yeah. which is, I don't know. I I think people should know better. Or if they're going to do it, if they want to see who's better, I like what Alicia wrote in the comments section. Instead of a slugfest, why not who would win in chess? Who would have the worst (laughs) golf score? Or who could withstand the uh, torture of watching Spice World the longest? Uh, Or or who would win in a race, Superman or The Flash? Right. They, they, they don't they don't beat up. Those two don't beat up each other in that story. But instead, it is a story about who is, is fastest. Now, granted, it's not. Oh, I can run faster than you. No, I can run faster than you. Bad. It's for charity. It's for well, charity. They are right. Racing yeah, yeah. for charity. Well, yeah. and, and the best and, part about that story is when it's over, they they give each other static and they're like, ha ha, I almost beat you, Barry. And Barry's like, ha ha, this was for charity, Clark. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 a friendly moment where the heroes stop mid-fight because the World Crime League is benefiting from their race. So they beat up the World Crime League, which again, you know, fisty fisty, but they beat up the Maybe World Crime the League. Guys. And yeah. And then they finish their race for charity and give all the money to charity, and then they rib each other good-naturedly about it for years mm-hmm. and have little rematches here and there. It was never I hate you, I, and I'm going to prove I'm, I'm definitively faster. I've well, spent millions of dollars on a little green rock that I keep in a vault. I can destroy you with a 10-cent book of matches. Well, and that's 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 precisely the point. That's precisely the point of um, that it seems a lot of 
some modern comic writers are missing from those Silver Age stories mm-hmm. uh, or just older stories that it's a lot more interesting that the hook is Superman and the Flash are having a race and then you don't get to actually see how the race plays out because yeah, yeah. something else more important than a race happens, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, one finishes a race or something, but it's left up in the air. Had this been a straight race, who would have won? And it's important that we don't see that. Like, it, it actually makes the narrative so much stronger that we don't see that. Yep. But you know that they're looking at that and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. They didn't settle it. Right. They didn't settle they didn't it. Mean, and it's like, that's, no, that's actually what's strong. Like they did that in the animated series too. They they ended up with they had to go take down the weather wizard or something. Sure, sure. And then mm-hmm. at the end of the race, they're like, "Oh, we never did finish that race. That's right. Let's go." And off they go. And oh, right, it's like right. credits. Uh, you know, like uh, here's actually weirdly kind of a modern example. Um, you you remember Old Man Logan? Not not the greatest mm-hmm. thing ever. Right. Um, it was supposed to end with kind of the Hulk like super gross future Hulk and future Wolverine basically jumping into battle each other like, ha and that's yeah, the end of it. Yeah. But then people looked at it and they're like, but, 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 but where's that fight? And then they added another issue where that fight happened <laughs> and it was so much weaker. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an interesting uh, poll this week. It's very close. Unlike the uh, Pepsi Coke poll last week, <laughs> which it was 50, 50 uh, most of the afternoon. Coke, Coke cited, I guess the uh, Pepsi one last that's week. That's right. How's, how's the uh, poll sitting right now, Matthew? 51-49. 51% saying let them fight. 49, they should know better, knock it off. 86 votes in the bag right now. So five votes either way could roll this one to your side. So remember, vote early and vote often, like they say in Chicago. Um, you know, normally we have a feature over the Major Spoilers website, uh, the Major Spoilers staff picks. Uh, this week I've asked one of our top uh, Major Spoilerites out there, to submit his top uh, books that he, or the he, the books he's looking forward to reading the, the most this week. And so let's uh, take a listen to uh, the great NATO. Tell us what books he's looking forward to uh, the week of uh, June 24th, 2015. Hi, this is the great NATO. And this week I'm looking forward to picking up these comics. Green Lantern, The Lost Army Number 1 from DC Comics. It's been a while since I've read Green Lantern or any Lantern book. I started losing interest after the Third Army run. But with Jon Stewart taking the lead in this book, I'm in. Will he be able to find out what's going on and where all the other lanterns are? Well, I say he's the man for the job. Next, We Are Robin, number one, from DC Comics. I've always loved the concept of Robin. Heck, I still own Robin 3000. I'm really excited to see what happens when a whole bunch of them show up. Not sure what to expect, but I'm in. And finally, Metal Locust number two. This is book two in a four-issue series from South Florida publisher Cosmic Times. I enjoyed the first issue a lot. It is set 100 years from now. It has the main character, Hermes, a data courier, taking something more valuable than he knows. And in issue two, everyone is after him. It'll be neat to see how Hermes and his team gets away from the new threat that's after them and decide if getting paid is more important than saving the world. Well, that's it for this week. Remember, to become a Major Spoilers VIP, go to members.majorspoilers.com and sign up today. 
Uh, I want to thank Nate for that, uh, for kicking that off. And if you would be interested in submitting your audio comments, just, you know, real quick, 30 seconds or so of what title you're interested in, a very short reason why we don't need a 10 minute segment. Uh, Just uh, record it. Drop it in an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. You do need to get it to me by Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central Time or else we can't use it in that week's show. So uh, thanks again, Nate. We hope to have more of these in the future from all of our fine listeners around the world. Uh, Let's see. Okay, we've got that out of the way. Oh, you know what we need to talk about? What's that? Tweaked audio. Yeah. I love these earbuds. I got Uh, mine in right now. I've I've been using, though, because I've been out riding the bike. Zach challenged challenged me to a bike race Uh for the month of June. Well, for the month of from basically June 17th to July 18th. Is he wow. is he using Who can, his fixed gear? Yes, he is. Oh, that sounds painful. Um, he actually on the he's actually much faster than me on that. But oh, again, okay. he's also half my age and about a hundred pounds right. lighter. I think you can beat him though when he decides to take a nap in the middle of it. Yes. Um, yeah, slow and steady. <laughs> well, I'm already ahead of him, right? So this is how many miles who can ride the most miles in a month, oh. and I'm already beating him by like twenty five miles or something like that. Um, but the thing is I get up in the morning, I grab my iPhone, which has the, um, the, um, map, my ride mm-hmm. app on it. So it does a little GPS thing, tracks how far you did, gives you splits and everything, tells you how fast you're going, all this cool thing. And it also plays music. You can also have it play music while you're working out. Well, there's just enough of a distance between my handlebars and my head to where I needed a wireless pair of, of Bluetooth headphones. So I got a pair and man, I don't like these at all mm. because oh. you got to screw. You literally put them into your your ear at an angle and then twist them so that they go <gasps> down into your ear canal. <laughs> oh, and then they, no. and of course, you know, they stay in place. They don't fall out, right? Um, but they also block a lot of the the sound that you need in case a car is coming to hit you. <laughs> and in right. Kansas, you know, when I say a car is coming to hit you, uh, you know, that's not an accident when a car hits you on your bike here. <laughs> it's it's totally on purpose. It's 150 um, points for the driver is what it is. Yeah. And so I, they've and they also feel uncomfortable. Um, it, it, you know, it's like you're swimming underwater in, in what you hear, but you can't even hear that. And so I'm not really fans of these, but it's this. Uh, I wish I wish I had a longer length for my uh, tweaked audio headphones. I mean, these are great headphones. They have noise blocking uh, technologies in them. But they don't block out everything to where you can't hear Sure. to where even, you know, when you talk, you know, jam your fingers into your ears and try talking and you, you hear that your your own voice is muffled inside your head. Mm-hmm. That's what these other pair of headphones sound like. Not mm-hmm. the case with tweaked audio headphones. These tweaked audio headphones sound great. They look great. Uh, they just slip into your ear. They come in a variety of different colors. They uh, a, a variety of different styles. And best of all, listeners, if you want to get your own pair of tweaked audio headphones, head over to tweakedaudio.com. When you use the checkout code, use the code MAJOR on checkout and get 33% off your price. I think this last week, 12 of you jumped on board that uh, that deal. Saved a cool. bunch on the headphones. And uh, yeah, tweaked audio may or may not be. I'm not going to say one way or another, but I did send them an email. They may be working on a pair of Bluetooth headphones down the line. Oh, yes. at which point I will ditch this other pair and go with tweaked audio. Uh, so, yeah. So I'm alternating my days riding my bike um, between biking and walking. So I'm doing two days of biking, one day of walking. And I'm trying to get, get up to roughly 10 miles a day on the bike. That's a pretty 
comfortable ride for me, I think. And then I want to get up to about five miles a day on walking and try to do that within an hour, hour and a half. And I'm, I can, if I would do, if I have the time to do the hour and a half, I know I can hit the five miles without a problem because I'm hitting three and a half in 55 minutes. So wow. I know that I can get another two miles in mile and a half in, in, in a half hour. So, you know, once a week I have to walk to my car, which is in the parking lot three blocks away. And that took me half an hour. I, I you know, I used to like, 12 years ago, bike all the time, but I was, you know, 60 pounds lighter, man, going up some of these, like not steep Hills is a torture to try to do. And the grade is not that steep. I'm probably, you're talking about a 5%, 10% grade. Can't handle it. When was the last time you rode a bike, Rodrigo? Um, I was probably like 11. Oh, really? Yeah. I actually don't know how to ride a bike. Really? Yep. How come you never learned or you don't have the interest? I've, in- I've never been interested in them. I figure um, a vehicle that has less than four wheels is just kind of pretending. <laughs> I can I can take three. I think three wheels is reasonable. My my great grandmother had one of those three wheeled bikes. Yeah, that my, actually my grandma had, a little, had, one too. had a little motor in it, mm-hmm. so she could. It was almost like a. You'd pedal it, yeah. And you then pedal and it charges and it up the motor. the motor. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I think my grandma had one of those. Yeah, those grandmothers. Everybody's had grandma had Everybody's one of those. Grandma. Yeah, it came when you get to be a grandmother. That was standard issue. They uh, give you that and a hairnet. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, fewer than. I just think it's cheap. You know, it's like oh. If you're supposed to be a vehicle, why does my abdomen have to keep me steady? <laughs> that should be something that just comes natural. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So three wheels and up for me. Okay. I've been thinking about getting one of those recumbent bikes. Those are my problem with the recumbent bikes. We had one. My wife had one. Mm-hmm. Was that for me? It pinches on my my uh, tailbone yeah. just a, to, to where it's just uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a great position to ride a bike in. We had a stationary version of that uh, for years, but always about thirty five minutes into it, my legs start going numb because something's being pinched off. Whereas on a regular bike. Uh, every couple of minutes, I just stand up on the on the pedals right. and I can I can get the circulation going and I'd never have a problem. But uh, the recumbent bike, that's that's my biggest problem with that. Now, my wife loves them. I know a lot of people love recumbents um, mm-hmm. because you're just basically laid back. Uh, it does take just a second to get started on those because right. unlike a traditional bike where you're pushing down and using you're your forward momentum, forward, you have to yeah. push forward and keep your balance at the same time until you get up to speed. But I know a lot of yeah. people love them. So my issue is that I'm relatively tall, but I have short legs and, you know, the mass of two normal people. So it's really difficult for me. I actually I there's a bike that I keep wanting to buy and it's at the bike shop. And it's like 300 bucks. I'm like, I could do this. I could buy this bike. But then I go and I'm like, yeah, I could also feed the child for a week. You should go try because, it. Have you tried? Well, the, it? the thing about it that's wonderful is it's got really wide tires and it's got like a big, the, you know, the nerd handlebars that were like the big upward nerd handlebars from the 70s. It's got those. So you can sit upright. And is this again, one of those really with tall. the, but this is a recumbent bike, right? No, this is actually a bicycle. Oh, this is, is this like the one that I took a picture and sent you of the one with the big giant tires? Not that big. Oh, okay. <laughs> tires that big would be problematic. But yeah, I'm going to need, you know, wide tires and a pretty yeah, heavy yeah. duty axle. Cause yeah. you know, again, you know, what would be great is if I could get a bicycle built for two only with one <laughs> and then it would, it would, it would, you know, be the, the thing. 
you know. But yeah, I, I really want to, and to some degree need to get a bike because walking is not necessarily a long-term exercise option for, you know, a man with no cartilage in his knee. So, you know. Do you wear braces on your knees? No, I wear braces on my elbows. Mm. Maybe my should, knees, actually. Maybe you should get some on your up. knees or something. Because uh, Matthew's a Doug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those from, the, from Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Like he walks on his hands <laughs> and he uses yeah, yeah. his feet to grab things. To do things. That's what it is. I'm, a, I'm doing the Dougie is what it is. I'm Doug, and you're dad, and I'm out of here. Thank you, by the way, guys, for giving me a full 30 seconds to do that stupid reference. I, hey. I, I love you both like brothers. You're, you're welcome. Well, no. we're, it's, we knew we weren't salvaging the show at this yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a reason why this one is titled Wasted. Don't, don't waste your you time. We we lost Zach and we lost our, we lost our Michelangelo and now there's no balance for well, us. Well, you know the you know what what I'm trying to do with at least one episode a month is everybody's like, well, you guys ought to just bring back that general topic stuff like you guys used sure. to do. And it's like, okay, well here you yeah. go. This is just general general conversation stuff. At least general once topic. a month. At least once a month, we're having Dr. Peter Coogan on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to get some more interviews in, and I've got some ideas for some other interview stuff. And then once or twice a month, uh, we're going to do trade paperbacks and just have a regular, regular show. So we'll mix that up a little bit. And hopefully you guys like that uh, a little bit more. Um, and then there's other things that I'm that I'm kind of working on uh, here and there. I'm interested if anyone out there in listener land, it's a magical land of listeners, listener land. who all ordered their tweaked audio headphones with the checkout code major. Um, but I'm wondering if, you know, we we're talking Star Wars earlier. I'm interested in talking to some people who watched episode four in the theater for the first time. I I guess episode four Empire Strikes Back for the very first time uh, when it was originally released. I'm also interested in talking to someone or some ones uh, who watched episode one when it came out. And what I'm interested in is I'm interested in a story about that experience. Okay, so it's just like, yeah, I went to the theater and it was good. That's not what I'm looking for. I want you to be able to tell me a story. And I went to the theater and I had some popcorn and some junior mints. Yeah, I want, they were good. I want to know why these movies changed your life or didn't change your life kind of thing. And what I'd like for you to do, if you want to be interviewed, I need you to, to write up at least a short one paragraph description of this story, a shortened version of your story, and send it to me at podcast at majorspoilers.com. And then based on that, I can reach out to you uh, later on and, and sit down and record something for you that may or may not, depending on how it comes out, uh, be released sometime towards the end of the year when, they, you know, there's a Star Wars movie coming out. Let me ask you a question. OK. OK. This is a previous discussion this episode. What came first, Detective Comics number 27 or Batman number zero? Oh, uh, Detective Comics number 27 came out first chronologically. <laughs> You cannot weasel your way out of this. You asked a question and I answered it. Oh my God. Are we back on this? (laughs) Here's the thing. Matthew won't let anything go. Tell me when you get to my doctor who question. What is your doctor who question? We need to get through the the, uh, Spider-Man question first. Uh, We uh, we kind of addressed Spider-Man earlier, but there is a Spider-Man question that I would like to address, which is what? Here's the thing. Peter Parker comes from Forest Hills, Queens. The only other high-profile pop culture character that we know comes from Forest Hills, Queens, is Archie Bunker. So why 
do they keep casting British actors to play this kid from Queens? Because no, uh, no actors from Queens have applied. I don't think that seems unlikely. It's really, honestly, uh, it's a conspiracy. Could it be? I mean, think about it. Um, the last Superman, Batman, and Spider-Man were all British. Mm, maybe that's saying something. Are any of the Avengers British? I don't think so. Thor is Australian, I think. Yeah. And Doctor Doom in that Fantastic Four movie was from Malibu. Yes. yes. Okay. So, faithful spoilerites, a hundred words or less. Why do you think they keep casting nice little British boys to play a well, kid from Queens? That's a, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> I'm not going to read those emails. So. Oh. Now uh, we can go to Rodrigo's question. Okay. So, what is your question, Rodrigo? Oh, my question is: um, since uh, all American superheroes are played by British people. I was wondering what American actor do you think would make a good Doctor Who or a, a good, good doctor, doctor? A good doctor? doctor. Yeah, from yeah, Doctor doctor's. Who. Yeah. If you a were going to cast doctor. an American as the doctor, who would you cast? I have an answer. Go for it. When you when you want to cast the doctor, you want somebody who can play weird and unearthly and alien. And there is one American actor who plays weird and unearthly. Better than anyone else, to the point where he does it when he shouldn't. Uh, when he's playing a doctor from Chicago, he's weird and unearthly, and he sings in that voice like this. And that man is Inigo Montoya himself, Mandy Patinkin, as the 15th doctor. Mandy Patinkin. I, now, I think he's like 65 now, something like that. Yeah, but how old is Peter Capaldi? That's true. Peter Capaldi is 57 now, yeah. or 56. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, there. Obviously, the very first Doctor was pretty old when he started out, and he was really old when uh, (laughs) he stopped being the Doctor. Um, They made a big deal about uh, Capaldi being the same age, fifty-five, as William Hartnell was back in sixty-three. Right, right. So, yeah, I'd say that's a good one. I think um, someone like. I don't know, like, I I think about this, and I'm like, almost anything I say I think would really piss off, like, uh, (laughs) Doctor Who fans. I was like, who would be a good Doctor Who? Zach Braff. Oh, my God. Right? Like, I I thought of it as, like, Keanu Reeves. I think actually oh, Keanu Reeves actually, would be. Probably I think would Keanu be Reeves would be a good doctor. Have you seen Have you seen the the movie that he was just in recently? The um, John Wick. Yeah, the John Wick. I haven't seen it. No. It's an interesting. I mean, he's an action killer, punch him, you know, right. kind of thing. But it's an interesting acting going on there. Yeah, I think. I think. I mean, it's not fantastic, but I mean, well, it's been it's been like a it's been a really long time since uh, the Coppola Dracula, right? So, assuming that he's managed to actually hold a British accent, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm assuming that we'd be casting an American actor mm. who would then pretend to be a British space alien. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking American-American, but, uh, you know, just a well, regular but, but no, that's, no accent voice. Well, but that's the thing is, um, uh, you know, it's like Peter Parker, yeah, yeah. American, Clark Kent, American accent. Mm-hmm. 
So mm-hmm. this would presumably be an American who would be putting on some kind of British accent. So again, assuming Keanu Reeves has managed to pick up a British accent somewhere along the way that he can actually maintain, I think he'd be a good choice. I think there's something about kind of like uh, this weird, weirdly stoic person trying to be friendly. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he could do that pretty well. Like, But it you know, would be he interesting, did, but even though... He wouldn't even have to play it friendly. He mm-hmm, could just be mm-hmm. like, you are here because you walked into my phone booth as I was teleporting away. Right. Right. Uh, and now you're stuck with me on this adventure. You might as well learn along or come along with the adventure, but I don't have to be friendly towards you. He could be very stoic and standoffish sure, sure. and probably do a very good job well, of that. I mean, I think the doctor has to have something in the some, middle, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you don't want him to necessarily be a robot. Mm-hmm. Even even the meaner doctors have their yeah, yeah, yeah. their moments. Plus, it would be totally meta upon meta if he was the doctor. Because okay. in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, they're basically oh, doing yeah. no, a absolutely. take on Doctor absolutely. Who. Yeah, it would be super weird. <laughs> yeah. Hello, I am the Doctor. Um. Whoa. Oh yeah, Tom Brokaw would do would be a good Doctor. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. Is he still alive? Tom Brokaw? Yeah, Tom Brokaw's oh, okay. still around. Tom Brokaw's alive. Peter Jennings passed yeah, away. Yeah, he passed away. Cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Walter Cronkite is if, the doctor. If he can butcher a southern accent, Kevin Spacey could probably butcher a great Kevin, British actually, accent. Actually, Kevin Spacey would be a great doctor, I think. that's I think. who Kevin I would Spacey. Yeah. Because he's, he's very... He's very likable, mm-hmm. and even even when he's playing someone who's bad, well, except for in Seven, uh, but he when well, he's yeah, playing but somebody he's who's, super creepy in yeah, Seven. Yeah. I mean, he does that well. Yeah, but he is like I'm thinking House of Cards, mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. likable character. Uh, I think he would be a good doctor. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio would be a good doctor. He would be too. Yeah, did you see Beyonce. him? Oh, you saw him in Jurassic Park. Beyonce. Yes. Well, yeah, Beyonce. So that has to be a guy, right? Sure. Well, uh, why not uh, uh, Taylor Swift? She has the power to make Apple go down to its knees and do what she wants. Why not you know have BBC bow to her whim and become the first female? Do- the ratings would go through the roof. A young, blonde female doctor would not be entirely terrible. I mean, I, I think that it would appeal to an entirely different demographic, and I think it would and irritate people. But. I, don't, I don't know if she's American, but actually... I think Lucy Lawless would be a great doctor. She would be, yeah. She's she's Australian, I yeah, believe. Yeah, she's Australian. Yeah. I'm trying to think who else would be good. Or a Kiwi, maybe. I don't remember. Uh, Bruce Campbell? Bruce Campbell would be a very would interesting a doctor. very interesting doctor. Um, yeah. I mean, even... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think those would be my two picks. Would be Kevin Spacey or Bruce Campbell or Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I'd go think with Mandy that, Patinkin, yeah, or or Beyonce, or Daryl Hammond as Colonel Sanders. Are those commercials weird? They are. They're I ghoulish. I can't. I can't watch them. They freak they're, me out. They're man. ghoulish. This man is dead, and they're. I mean, yeah, but but yeah, Colonel. When did the Colonel die? Didn't he die like in the nineteen seventy nine? Yeah, so there was a long time that they had the Colonel still parading around in like eighty eight, eighty nine. I mean, remember the whole Star Wars uh, episode one uh, Kentaco Hut uh, commercials where the Colonel and the uh, little Chihuahua and the Pizza Hut girl all would jump in his big stretch Cadillac and go out to save the universe. That's so weird. What a strange time the 90s was. <sighs> Tell me about it. 
<sighs> I don't know. What, was that, what I, is the strangest thing that you remember about the 90s? Uh, you? <laughs> well, hey, that's a legitimate that's answer, a right? That's a terrible answer. No, I, I mean, think you're the strangest terrible for thing saying that, that I remember yes, so a legitimate answer. Okay, was what? intentionally terribly weird was uh, Liquid Television on MTV. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I can see that. Intentionally strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. It was, it was designed to be endless, you know, mind screwery, which is, the, I, 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 I kind of love it. I guess the weird thing looking back is, you know, the big hair. You know, the, the, the women would wear these big. Like perms. Well, just like cans of spray, hairspray to get their mall, hairs all puffy. Hair. Puffy on the front and like <laughs> flat in the back. Huge, mm. huge flat bits in the back. Yeah. yeah. And you get that, you get that, that Vulcan ramming horn in the front. Yeah. It's that just, was, I don't know. That was, but in hindsight, it's mm-hmm. weird. At the time, it was like, oh, it's the trend or whatever. Just sure. like well, at the hair, time, hair, hair metal bands. Yeah, just like hair metal bands were just like fine. Everyone was fine with it. Yet today it's like, oh, yeah, uh, hair and makeup and, you know, eyeliner. And they were probably wearing more makeup than the uh, female actress they had in their music music videos and stuff. So in hindsight, I think a lot of things are are weird. But uh, I would say from the 90s, though, that would probably I don't know. The clothes were still kind of weird, though. You remember when the new kids on the block would come out and they'd have like ripped sleeves and vests over shirts, over vests, over long sleeve shirts. And uh, you get all these weird layers. Do you remember Free Jack? I, the see, movie I didn't watch that Free movie, Jack, but it was horrible. I, I, I knew it where was everybody is wearing like long coats with angular edges and they look like they're walking paintings by Pablo Picasso. And it's awesome. There is actually a really cool fashion from like the 1940s that I think would still really work today or in the future. Um, and it's just a regular jacket. Like it's a regular button up jacket that you would wear, except the shoulders go out a little bit and they're squared off before turning into the sleeve. And then it, it kind of tightens around the waist. And then of course you wear the, the pants of the time period uh, go straight down and it just creates this really co- kind of cool aesthetic. I was reminded of that. Um, not too long ago, I was watching the show Manhattan, the first season of that on uh, what is that? WGN, I WGN. think is what it is. It's on Hulu, uh, I think, is where I was watching it. And uh, the main character, there are several times where he's walking out into the desert area and he's wearing that outfit with a uh, with a, a hat. And it's like, wow, that is just a really classic cut line, straight line look that uh, that I like a lot. Mm hmm. Do you ever? I was going to ask you a question about cosplay. We're talking about clothing. Have you guys ever cosplayed? Have you guys ever gone to dress up like a character before? I was number six once for Halloween. Not not counting Halloween. Yeah, no, not really. Okay, I don't. If it doesn't, if Halloween doesn't count, then no, I've never gone to like a convention or anything like that. All right, interesting. All right, Um, I've never really had the, the build for most of it. Oh, I think you could go as uh, what's that? What's the? Uh, be, be careful now! No, no, no! What's John Candy's character in Spaceballs? Barf, barf! barf. You barf could go, yeah, you, you could go as that. Um, yeah, and find, find and, me a non-John Candy character, Stephen. Come on, Zach, Johnny, Johnny Larue. Zach can uh, go as Lone Star, one of the Schmenke brothers. Stephen can Stephen can go as uh, the Dot Matrix. That would be kind of cool, actually. Which means that you, Rodrigo, are going to have to go ahead and be Princess. Uh, what's her name? Vespa. Yes, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> no. 
I'll go as yogurt. Merchandising. I saw I saw there's like really great uh cosplay ones. That was like a guy, he painted his face blue and stuck himself in a tube and then mm-hmm. he had like a little command center <laughs> around him. With, with, with little Power, Power Ranger Rangers action back. figures, so he was Zordon yeah, yeah, and like with like one, tiny yeah. Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah, I also saw a great one that. where it was like uh, a pair dressed as Stadler and Waldorf, mm-hmm. and they had like these straps for their balcony. Oh yeah, yeah. They were just carrying around, and they were just going around making fun of other cosplayers. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I'm I'm Did amazed. You see the couple, the couple who dressed in evening wear. And every time they'd see a Batman, they'd run up to him and scream "Son!" and then yeah, fall, yeah, to the fall down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there are just some amazing cosplayers out there. I, I end up following a lot of them on, on Twitter, or you know, see them being retweeted by other cosplayers mm-hmm. a lot. Of course, uh, Bill Duran, uh, Chinbeard on Twitter is a prop maker and cosplayer. He was on uh, Finally Friday a couple of weeks ago, and it's just you know, the, just the detail and it, and amount of work that people put into this craft is just amazing. And some of them have been hired to do like costume creation and design for movies and television. Um, I just wish more of them could get bigger exposure as some of them are already way exposed. Sure. Yeah. It's, and I mean like anything, it's kind of, uh, kind of one sided. Like once somebody starts to get famous right, about right, cosplaying, right. Yeah. they kind of, you know, like with anything, any given movie, like for, you know, the past five years and the next five years, we've seen, 37 movies with Bradley Cooper in them. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily that many with other people, right? It's mm-hmm. like whoever gets, whoever's hot at the moment gets a lot more exposure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas other people that could just as easily be as famous, they don't. It's just, you know, uh, just kind of the way the medium goes, it seems. Listeners, if you are going to a comic convention, whether it be the uh, San Diego Comic Con or whether it be a uh, uh, Wizard World convention or whatever, take your cameras and take pictures. You know, do it politely and, and of course, uh, be be nice. Uh, but I would love for you to share your pictures from conventions on the Major Spoilers website. So if you're going to a convention, reach out to me ahead of time. Let me know and we'll work up a uh, a place where you can either Dropbox stuff or FTP your photos. But I would love to share your photos on the Major Spoilers website. We used to do it all the time. And then uh, for whatever reason, we stopped. But uh, let's get some more of those great photos because there's a lot of cosplayers out there. There are a lot of artists and uh, writers that show up to these conventions that people would love to see pictures of and maybe even get a quick write up of your experience. So a podcast at Majorspoilers.com for that. I think that's it. I think we're out of time. Uh, I love keeping these things relatively short. Uh, I think that's (laughs) one of the things that uh, when we started this podcast, I was like, I don't want a two and a half hour show unless it's really warranted for some reason. Right. Right. Unless and, we have something really good to say for two and a half. Well, and that's why like last week, uh, the episode was just the interview with uh, Peter Coogan because mm-hmm. that was long enough to fill, to fill sure. the time. And if we had added in all of our other stuff that would have made an episode that quite frankly could have been a bore to listen to. Um, one of the things that I complained about years ago was that there was a podcast that was a comic book podcast that every week is three, three and a half hours long routinely. Wow. And that's after editing. Ten years later, or whatever, how many ever years it's been, I found I looked at their podcast again, three and a half hours. Wow! And I'm just like, wow. I had to. I mean, I. I mean, me. This is my personal taste. Now, you guys may love five hour podcasts, but I stopped listening to. Um, 
the movie crypt because their episode suddenly jumped to two and a half hours long. Mm. Uh, I stopped listening to the Joe Rogan experience because his episodes started to get extremely long as well. Uh, so I don't want to do that with with our shows. I the most the most the longest show we've ever had was three hours, and that was a critical hit episode, and that was way 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 too long. I think um, it, it with podcasts, people are looking for different things in in, in different places. It's right. like a lot of people, like Stephen, you listen to a lot of podcasts, so any three hour podcast is actually subtracting from the amount of podcasts mm-hmm. that you can listen mm-hmm. to. Some people who might only listen to a couple podcasts um, are fine listening to a super long podcast. And in fact, I believe we've gotten mail for people oh, who yeah, are like want longer stuff. Yeah, they want, they're they like, well, why don't you just expand it to like a two and a half show? And it's like, because that would be terrible. That's yeah, why. Would be. But, yeah. you know, for us, it seems also we come from TV. Right. We're like, you know, you need to keep things short. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep. Right. So, or at least on schedule. Yes, uh, definitely on schedule. And we've got a lot of shows. I should say some programming notes because the main computer is down. We won't have finally Friday for the next two, maybe three weeks. Uh, this oh. week, because the computer won't be back, the guy called me tonight and said, "Oh yeah, you know all that hardware diagnostic you did at home and all that other stuff that you did at home and uh, how you diagnosed that it was the hard drive." And I was like, "Yes. Uh, well, you know, uh, we're still going to charge you the uh, ninety-nine dollar uh, fee that we did, but guess what? It's the hard drive." And it's like oh. I already know this, but it, that's not going to be back till Saturday. And I know that this laptop won't hot handle uh, a live stream like we've done in the past. The next week is the July 4th weekend. Nobody's going to be around for that. The week after that, we may do something on Friday if uh, Zach is around and can be updating the site. But that is San Diego Comic-Con weekend. Uh, So I know I'm going to be hunkered down, typing furiously and trying to get up uh, stories as fast as possible. So there won't be any um, finally Fridays for the next three weeks. There will not be a critical hit uh, regular episode on July 4th, although if I do get the system back. Um, I've got something I want to work out to maybe there's a, just a really short something that comes out on that day, but it's not going to be anything that you haven't heard before. Um, what else? There is a dueling review this week. There is a Wayne's comics podcast this week. There is a Zach on film this week. Uh, Zach on film this week is inside out, which is an interesting movie. If you haven't seen that, go see it. I'm not sure it's, uh, I don't know. My four year old was he sat through it and was really good. And uh, mm-hmm. apparently I tried to do a little interview with him after we saw the movie the other night to get his take on the movie. And he wouldn't talk into the recorder. But apparently last night before he went to bed, he went on. a My wife said a five minute description of what the movie was about and how much it, it meant to him and how much he liked it. And he talked about all the characters. And this is a week after the movie. Wow. So it's still on his mind. But it deals with a lot of. uh pretty heady topics including uh-huh. including long-term memory yeah exactly exactly so it was it was a very interesting movie i take it you saw it yep yeah um just the way that they they showed abstract thought and breaking it down sure, into sure. its components and everything was fascinating so we've got that this week on zach on film um let's see what else is coming up this week wayne's comics podcast will be out this week i forget who he has uh you can hear that on sunday i don't know who he's interviewing this week mm-hmm uh, but just so many shows that we do. A lot of shows that we do. Yep. So New critical go. hit preview goes up New on Friday. New critical hit preview goes up on the website on Friday afternoon. Uh, do go <sighs> check that out. It will get people talking. Uh, and uh, new critical hit uh, episodes. Uh, w- there will be a new mailbag episode this week, in fact. Mm. 
So there you go. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other podcasts. What other podcasts do we do? God, we do. Oh, top five. There will be if Bruce uh, this week should be a Bruce uh, top five express if he sends that to me. But a lot of people say, oh, isn't that show supposed to be weekly? No, top five is every other week. Top five express is every other week. It just turns out that Mm -hmm. it ends up giving you four shows a month. Um, And theoretically, they should be alternate weeks. Right. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Munchkin Land. There was a Munchkin Land episode that did come out this week. Next week, we'll have a um, Munchkin Minute. And I do like I do like everyone that's sending me stuff about board games and other tabletop games. Hey, did you hear this story? Did you hear this story to share? Uh, if you send something into podcast at Majorspoilers.com and I read it on the show or talk about it on the uh, Munchkin Land Munchkin Minute episode, you do become our Munchkin of the week. <gasps> yeah. Uh, the one list that got crapped out this week because of stupid uh, computer problems. Uh, Wayne's Comics Podcast, Zach on Film. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Ooh. I've got something that I need to record with you guys here pretty soon. A video piece for part of the Zach Plays series. Oh, okay. And it has something to do with the upcoming movie Pixels. <gasps> yeah. So keep that on your radar and check out our YouTube channel, Major Spoilers Video. Try to do a, a, a episode weekly there. But again, when the computer is down, I can't edit video. So uh, that'll come back next week. Anything else, guys? Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Major Spoilers VIPs. Your contributions mean a lot to us. If you'd like to become a Major Spoilers VIP and uh, hear this show live when it goes out, head over to members.majorspoilers.com. We are about 400 away from that happening. So, you know, even a, even a, uh, a fifth, no, not a fifth, 5%. That's a big difference there. Yeah. Just 5%, 5% of our listening audience. Could push us over 400, and you guys could be listening to the Major Spoilers podcast live each week. Woo. Make it happen. And sometimes Rodrigo says bad words. No, Rodrigo never says bad words. Rodrigo's always a joy and an angel. That's right. I'm a jangel. A jangel. Yes, that's right. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. And uh, remember, uh, we know that you love comics, and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. If I had the x-ray vision of a Superman, I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron, I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. But would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fun being the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler 
major spoiler, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler, wow, 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 wow. What a major spoiler. This podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.